0: Reach MD XM 157 presents a special series, Insights in
1: Future Medicine. One vision of the electronic medical record seen through government eyes is truly scary. David Brayler, the National Coordinator for Health Information Technology for President Bush, presented an anecdote in an industry meeting in 2006. Quote, You live in Philadelphia, but you are hit by a bus in San Diego while on vacation. With the EMR, the emergency room doctor could access your records at the government's regional health information organization and learn your past medical history, unquote. Great, I thought. Now my private health records will be on some government computer accessible through the internet. Sounds like a nightmare. You're listening to ReachMD, XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. My guest today is Justin Barnes, an executive of Greenway Medical Technologies, one of hundreds of companies rushing to fill the need for a practical electronic medical record. He is vice president of marketing, corporate development, and government affairs for Greenway and has testified before Congress and the administration seven times in the past two years. Well, Justin, let's talk about terminology first. What is a regional healthcare information organization, a RIO?
0: There's no one definition of a RIO, but RIOs will be defined based on local influences. RIOs in Atlanta, Georgia could be founded by part private investment, part public investment, leadership by the state government, and also through their local healthcare organizations. In Boston, it could be a little bit different depending upon the needs up there. Needs for RIOs emerge from really the local influences on how they need to share information and what's important for that region for interoperability. And with those will come national, we have national standards in that regard, but really the makeup of a RIO really is tied to local influences and local strategies and based on local leadership.
1: And what is the Certification Commission for Healthcare Information Technology, CCHIT?
0: Yes. In 2004, with the Framework for Strategic Action, one of the components that the federal government wanted to help Lead in HIT was a certification process of healthcare information technology. And they started with a certification of EHRs, electronic health records. And a commission was founded. And really, what they've done is they have three main missions. And the number one mission would be installing confidence in physicians and care providers for adopting healthcare information technology, specifically EHRs. And number two would be affording a structure for EHRs regarding functionality, security, and interoperability. And then once that structure has been built, it allows for federal government as well as private payers to allow incentives for EHRs. So really CCHIT has several components. First of all, really instilling confidence into the market to want to purchase them, but then also you know, providing a baseline for companies to hit, kind of like a good housekeeping seal of approval. And then number three is let the federal government and private payers come in with incentives, whether it's a small increase, a one or two percentage increase for uh, in reimbursement rates for the adoption of a CCHIT-certified EHR, or whether it's a medical malpractice premium reduction. There's several insurance carriers across the country that are offering up to five, ten percent reductions in their medical malpractice premiums if they adopt and implement, not just adopt but also implement electronic health record that is CCHIT certified. So it's a great start. There was a first certification in 2006 where 92 products were certified. And then uh, in 2007, the bar was even raised higher. And now there are 10 products certified. And in July of 2008 will be the third round for CCHIT certification. And that'll again, that'll be 2008 certifications.
1: So by that time, nobody will be certified. Is that right?
0: No, I would say you're still going to always have the leaders. There'll be a handful of leaders that will always pass certification as long as we keep it a great process that we have in the last couple of years.
1: And who sits on a certification commission for these EHRs?
0: Well, it's really a makeup. We call them the stakeholders of the industry. We have several from the federal government. We have federal stakeholders from private industry, whether it's physicians' practices specifically or the AMA or the ACP, or you have insurance carriers. You have a few... Um, executives from insurance industry. You will have from the large payers, anywhere from the Chryslers, the GMs, the GEs of the world, large large payers like that who have a a significant stakeholder, you know, not only in, in solutions, but also in employing millions of people across the nation and globally
1: for that matter. And what is the Privacy Expert Panel? Is that a subcommittee of the Certification Commission for Healthcare Information Technology?
0: Yes. In 2006, we more had just a board of commissioners, but there wasn't a lot of in-depth experience when it came to specific, whether it's networks or really kind of the nuts and bolts of our industry. And so in 2007, the Certification Commission realized that they needed more expertise in making some of the decisions. And so they expanded or broadened their stakeholder interests and really went out to drill down into security and privacy, compliance around health policy, uh, networks and even actually into foundations, kind of a in technical infrastructure of solutions. So they really broadened their scope and depth and breadth and uh, formed out these expert panels. And so they really took people who work either at state government level or federal government level or both and used the experts from those industries and who that had those experiences to fill out these expert panels to really give them a great breadth of experience regarding any topic that could come up now within HIT. And that certainly is security and privacy.
1: If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. And my guest is Justin Barnes, a senior executive for Greenway Medical Technologies. Greenway produces an electronic medical record for physicians' offices. We are discussing the concerns about privacy raised by the electronic medical record. How can any personal record on the Internet be truly secure? What are some general principles of safeguarding my electronic medical record if my doctor accesses it remotely over the Internet and it's on some server somewhere? How does that stay safe?
0: A couple different answers to that. I would start off by ensuring that no matter what practice or EHR that a company could research, that they really take their time and look for the right company that stands behind their product. Every company has a different security policy and a privacy policy, but you really look to ensure that you're working with a company that takes these issues seriously, not just in written format by a piece of paper that they can hand to you, but that you speak with their executives, you see that their executives are engaged in the process and that they also are leaders in their industry. So to make sure that they have a committed interest to the privacy and security of the electronic medical record. And then second of all, I would look at the applications overall and, and ensure that uh, you understand how it's going to be accessed to ensure that the company does have the security protocols in place. If you're accessing it from home, just ask the questions. No medical records really should be stored online or via the internet. It's more via a private network per se. And then if information is t- transferred between different entities or medical offices, that they're going to be transferred in a private network format, not necessarily over the internet. I think people, they naturally tend to say, well, if we're going to exchange information and we're comfortable using the internet, that's going to be exchanged via the internet. But nothing, to my knowledge, is exchanged over the internet. We really do use private networks through, my company specifically uses a seven layer of security format. So we take security extremely seriously in the privacy of our patients and our users.
1: Well, for the benefit of our audience, who might not be geeks or hackers, let's talk about this a little bit because most of these electronic medical records are accessible over the Internet. Now, I know that you're making a distinction between the Internet in general and a private network. At the same time, the private network communicates over the Internet. So can you explain to our audience how one creates a private network using the Internet so that it's not generally accessible?
0: Yes, you are going to access the medical records via your computer, but you're going to dial in usually through a VPN or a virtual private network. That's the traditional way that certainly the leaders in our industry have chosen to give access to medical records. And so naturally, the physician's not going to set up that VPN per se. It's going to be more that the company, say if you use Greenway Medical, our company will set up that VPN access for the medical office or the physician accessing from home. And so they really are dialing in through a virtual private network to access and transfer medical information.
1: So how does that virtual private network keep out unwanted visitors?
0: That's, again, you're going back into uh, when you first choose an EHR from a leading company, that you've really spoken with the executives there and making sure that they're involved, they understand the latest security. And that they're very active. Again, it's not just reading someone's privacy policy or what they have to say. It's when you meet the company, and and we really do encourage you to not just buy software over the internet or, or buy the cheapest solution out there, but you really do understand the company that you're buying from. It doesn't take that much extra time just asking some of the key questions and making sure that you have a comfort level with that company that they're using the latest technology. And that you understand who you're buying from. And the cheapest, as we always know, the cheapest is not always the best. Looking for the right system for you that you're comfortable with and that you've researched. You know, doctors are very, very smart. And this decision is no different than the other ones that they make. You know, just do your research, be comfortable. And the the company will ensure the privacy and security as long as you're buying from a leader.
1: You talked about seven layers of security. Could you just briefly give our audience just a quick overview of at least some of the layers?
0: Well, it's obviously making sure that the encryption is there, that they have the necessary updates to their levels of security and encryption, and then making sure that they are using a VPN or virtual private network login. So, and making sure that the architecture is a a branded architecture, such as a Microsoft architecture. In that equation, you have a lot of people that are vested in your security and your privacy. You've got the company you've got the software, and those are the companies that are ultimately going to deliver that solution long-term and that security and that privacy. And they're not buying, you know, there's cheap solutions out there that use freeware, or shareware, and, and, you know, those numbers sometimes look good when you're buying an EHR or any product. You know, oh, it's a little less expensive, but you very well could get burnt in those equations. But if you're buying from a company using branded software, you know, such as Microsoft and Microsoft Technologies, they really do have those inherent built-in security and protocols and, and technologies for the utmost security and privacy of your system.
1: Some physicians can access their office remotely, like from a laptop that they take home with them. But what if they lose a laptop? Wouldn't that be a catastrophe? Couldn't they lose or make vulnerable exposing other patient records?
0: Well, we certainly hope not. And sub- a protocol that we work with all of our practices on or obviously using logon and passwords that are not easily discoverable. And sometimes we've even gone down to the fingerprint level. I personally use fingerprint recognition for all of my records. But with our physicians and our users, they always sit behind multiple layers of security, but one being obviously the login and password and their screen timeouts and all of that. Even if you have your, you've logged onto your computer in your office or somewhere in your practice or your home, you have automatic timeouts if you don't touch that screen for a set amount of time. And you can actually set that level yourself. You can time out after, say, 30 seconds or one minute of you not touching the screen, or five minutes.
1: I want to thank Justin Barnes, one of the senior executives from Greenway Medical Technology, who has been our guest. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions about this program or suggestions for other shows, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to a special series, Insights in Future Medicine, on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals.